Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I love respecting the elderly, even when they do evil things. I don't... I disagree. You disagree? Why would you disagree, Robbie? You don't need to... Res- People doing evil things should not be respected, regardless of the age. Really? I'm pretty sure most of the elderly would disagree with you. They'd say you should respect your elders under all circumstances. I don't really have any people that are elderly that I talk to. No, me neither. Weird how that That's happens. crazy how that works. Hi, everybody. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You gain access to all of our bonus content. Um, we have a person to thank, Matt. You mean the best people in the world? Absolutely. I love those people. They're the best. James Baez? Baez? James, thank you. Thank you, James. On to this week's episode. It is The Old Man and the Lisa, episode 4F17, originally aired April 20th, 1997, written by John Swartzwater, directed by Mark Kirkland, finished 38th in the ratings, the rating of 8.3, approximately 8.1 million viewing households, tied with King of the Hill as the third third highest rated show on Fox that week, following The X-Files and What, what, y'all? Melrose Place. I mean, yeah. tied for yeah, third. That's, that's how we roll. I, I don't know about tied for third is worthy of all a what, what, y'all. Well, when your competition is what it is, I think that's good enough. People don't know what's good anymore. These dang kids. Okay, old man Matt. I've been old since I was like 19, all okay, right? Okay, Roll with it. okay, zenial Matt. Zenial? <laughs> what? You're a zenial. Didn't you hear that? You didn't see that anywhere? I no, know. I can't say I it's did. A, it's a thing between Generation X and Millennials. Oh, Basically, right where you were born, you are a zenial. Oh. You bridge the gap. Oh god, my brain hurts. All right, <laughs> the couch Moving gag. On. The couch gag is uh, it's a whack-a-mole game. Uh, Homer gets hit. It's a repeat. We've already seen it this season. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It was fine before too. Uh, episode guest stars Bret Hart as himself, saying three whole lines. Oh yeah, the he's the hitman, Matt. It's true, he is. And then there, don't forget the shrieking Sheik also guest stars. That's, right? He's not real. He's not a real wrestler. Oh really? Are you sure? It sounds real. Uh, I he's not real. Uh, Bret Hart, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Well, is that true, Robbie? I, I can't say I know enough wrestlers to say that he was the best. He's a he's a he's a very good wrestler. I don't know about the best. Uh, he's not one of my favorites personally, but I can certainly recognize that he was a very good wrestler. Probably even a great wrestler. Uh, the episode begins with uh, Lisa rummaging through garbage. Everyone wakes up. Marge, is, I guess, was in bed, but both Homer and Bart were on the couch. I uh, slept on the couch, fell asleep on the couch, uh, watching television. <laughs> well, when you watch that much TV, it's just too much trouble to get up and walk in the next room. I guess so. Uh, but... Why do you think he made that uh, toilet thing in the invention oh, episode? Oh, that's true. I forgot. Of course, he doesn't want to have to move. Uh, but we learn that Lisa is gathering recyclables for her Junior Achievers Club. Um, she, you know, wants to help. Uh, the family tries, but Marge is mixing plastics, which is at the time was, I guess, a big no-no. You couldn't recycle your polyurethane with mixed with your polyesterine or whatever it was. Polyethylene. Come Poly- on, Robbie. Get your plastics right. God. <laughs> next thing you know, you're mixing polystyrene in. I mean, come on. I just push everything in a... Well, I put everything in a bag, okay? In Canada, you just put... Or at least in Edmonton, you just put everything in a blue bag and you put it out in the street. I know. Orlando's the same way now. There's just one big thing. It's like, is it recyclable? Does it have these numbers on it? Toss it on in. It's great. Yeah. But they still won't take pizza boxes. They won't? I put pizza boxes in it all the time. Oh, that's one of the things you're not supposed to put in for some reason. I think it has to do with the massive amount of uh, fat that have soaked into the cardboard makes it unusable. Oops. 
but Homer wants to recycle. Uh, he can't because he's having fun. I could still use more paper. Hey, I know where there's lots of paper. <laughs> Dad, you're not supposed to have fun recycling. This is serious. Oh, okay. <laughs> Homer throwing away books. <laughs> uh, he's, he, I'm sure he's very excited about throwing away books. I mean, they are his mortal. I mean, one of them, all. one of them was a Dickens book, so no big loss in, in that case. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, no one wants to read a Dickens book. I, Come on. He wrote a lot. I'll give him that. Uh, but well, when you get paid by the word, that's <laughs> kind of what happens. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but uh, Lisa has gathered all her recyclables, go and and brings them to a junior achiever shop. Junior Achievers Club, which seems to be a Ralph's in the Junior Achievers Club. Well, Achievers is a loose term. He achieved getting up today. He achieved probably not setting something on fire. I don't know. That might be a bit of a stretch. I, I just seems like they're, the, the membership op, uh, membership requirements for the Junior Achievers Club seems to be be a child. It doesn't seem to be much more than that. Uh, Skinner, uh, Principal Skinner, is the, I guess, the leader of the Junior Achievers Club, and he has invited Mr. Burns to be a guest speaker. What a load of garbage. I'm ecstatic. With the money from this, we're within striking distance of our trip to Albany. Super. Now, let's give a big Junior Achievers welcome to our guest speaker. I know he can teach us a lot about business, Mr. C. Montgomery Burns. I'll keep it short and sweet. Family, religion, friendship. These are the three demons you must slay if you wish to succeed in business. When opportunity knocks, you don't want to be driving to the maternity hospital or sitting in some phony baloney church or synagogue. Questions? (laughs) Well, uh, I'm going to take advantage of this rare opportunity, even if you children aren't interested. Uh, Which do you think is more important, hard work or stick-to-itiveness? Are there any real questions? Well, Robbie, are there any real questions? No, that, I mean, I I wanted to include... I basically, I split up these clips because uh, I wanted to include basically this whole scene, but I'd be like four or five minutes of talking. So yeah. I, 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 I cut up. Uh, the Yes, Burns, I, I don't know. I, I love this episode. I think it really nails exactly what Mr. Burns is. Uh, it, it, it doesn't go... It, and it doesn't redeem him. It doesn't... It just paints him as a real person. It makes him less... Well, like, he is cartoonishly evil but it doesn't feel like he's a cartoon character no because i mean that that's exactly what i am sure a lot of you incredibly rich businessmen would tell you it's like oh i sacrificed everything to get where i am and you know some of them might regret it mr burns is not one of those which is believable yes and also skinner's skinner's like hey i i'm gonna ask you this Skinner's question is terrible, and I like that Burns is like that was some, what, what kind of that's not re- that's not real question. Don't ask me that question. Um, but Lisa's you know asking about recycling and and because obviously that's what they're doing. Uh, Burns doesn't understand what it is, uh, and then comes to a conc- that that comes to a realization that he's worth a lot less money than he thinks he is. Hmm. You never heard of recycling? It means to reuse things to conserve our natural resources. Oh, so Mother Nature needs a favor. Well, maybe she should have thought of that when she was besetting us with droughts and floods and poison monkeys. Nature started the fight for survival, and now she wants to quit because she's losing, well, I say, hard cheese. But nature's not our enemy. Well, surely you agree we can do without her? No, I don't agree. No? How dare you question Mr. Burns? 
I'll handle it, Smithers. <laughs> Shut up, little girl. If I had spent my life listening to dismal Doras like you, I wouldn't be worth $200 million today. But according to your most recent biography, you only have $100 million today. I've... Uh, I've... <laughs> um, actually, sir, it's uh, considerably less than that. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Yeah. Also, I really appreciated uh, Mr. Burns's uh, mental dictionary. We get to look through a couple times in this episode. Yeah, I can't really include that in Eclipse because it is all visual, but it is really good. Uh, yeah. Rag- it's recycling is nowhere in between ra- ragamuffin and rutabaga, so he can't. He has no place <laughs> for it. Uh, I, I, he and, knows all about them ragamuffins. Yes, and Lisa in this scene, I think really it. I, I think this episode does a great job of showing us what Mr. Burns is and what Lisa is, and hi- somehow managing to highlight exactly and like who they are and how Lisa's kind of earnestness to try and see good in Mr. Burns to see something that can be redeemed in Mr. Burns goes a long way in showing us who she is along with what Mr. Burns is. And that, and that fundamental, when he goes, you don't agree with me. And she's like, no, I don't agree with you. And I think it's just, no one questions him in day to day life. No one ever tells him no. And we, well, I mean, no one, no one questions rich people. I mean, if you do that, then you can't have any of their sweet, sweet money. <laughs> That's very true. And that's uh, what we see in the next scene is when uh, Burns brings all his yes men in uh, to talk to them, all the, the lawyers. And like I don't know what else. I don't know what jobs they have aside from being – they look like his lawyers, but I don't know exactly what they are. They're businessmen. They're guys in suits. Guys in suits. <laughs> you know, executives, we, we was just dopes in suits. That's these guys. Ah, the, But we learn about Burns, his how his confederated, confederated slave holdings are doing. Not well. Uh, uh, Congreaves. Can't yeah, go wrong with Congreaves. Can't go wrong with Congreaves. Uh, the stock ticker, we, we, he has apparently just kept it in his closet for 80 years because he's – and someone pointed I, – I, I don't – if you kept all your stocks through the current day after the Depression, it would they'd be up in the end. They came back, right? That's how stocks work. Yes. If you didn't sell yep, them. They all came back. Yes. Yeah. But – but I would guess, from what Mr. Burns, his his plan to make his money back, I'm guessing most of his stocks were in things that all the companies are gone because he doesn't. Yeah, well, like, then he wouldn't even have the money. Like if if a company closes, your stocks are worthless. So he shouldn't have any money really. I think he probably. I mean, the plan itself is worth something, right? I mean, no. If a company goes bankrupt. I mean, once all the debtors are paid, you might get a, a tiny portion of what's left. But no, it's but I mean, the company's it makes, gone. The, no, the the plant it makes money. It sells power. Oh, sorry, the plant. Yes, yes, yes. So that that's making him money, regardless. But I I think there, I imagine he still has some stocks worth something. But I think he basically through his plans to make money back. I think is what uh, basically destroys what little money he has left. I've got to do something to get my money back quickly. This calls for an aggressive trading strategy. Good idea, sir. Take 50% of my money and put it in the blue chips. Transatlantic Zeppelin, amalgamated spats, Congreves and flammable powders, U.S. hay, and sink the rest into that up-and-coming Baltimore Opera Hat Company. That should set things right again, eh, boys? Absolutely. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, hey, all the way. Can't go wrong with Congreves. What's a Congrave, Matt? A uh, Congreve was a name, according to the subtitles. Uh, I've never heard of the name, but... 
and according to the subtitles, it's the name of a company. Oh, okay. So it was a brand. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. Yeah, I had. No, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm following you to see because I've I haven't watched it with subtitles and it's a name. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess maybe it was a real company back then. But honestly, if he had just stopped after put fifty percent in the blue chips, he would have made money. I mean, if they had done what he said and just put it in, you know, take fifty percent, put it in the blue chips. Easy peasy. You're you're not going to make a lot of money, but you won't lose money like he did. But then he had to go and name stupid companies. <laughs> That I can't believe still existed. Uh, I I don't know if they necessarily did still exist, but I think that they again those yes men don't know what they're doing, so they probably just went to the nearest closest. Or they thing. just stole his money. They also possible they just stole his money. Uh, but we cut back. Oh, I got, Mr. Burns, I have this new hedge fund you need to invest in. <laughs> yes, that, have they not done a Burns hedge fund episode? They haven't. Really? That it, needs to happen. That seems yeah. like something that should have happened. Lindsay this... Nagel should have a hedge fund that all of Springfield invests in, and Mr. Burns loses all his money again. Seems like a good episode. We'll fill it on the pile. On the pile. Uh, but we come back to the Junior Achievers. They apparently... How many tons of paper did they try and cash in at the recycling plant? I don't remember. It was a lot. It was like uh, many tons worth of paper, and they had very little amount of... Was it even enough money to... What's he? What buy the twine to to tie up the paper to put it in my car to drive it here? Don't work for your car, man. Simplify, man. I like that hippie man. I think that he's a cool dude. I think he's a good guy. He is. He shows up for the funniest stuff, and he's just like a, a quick one note gag in this, and it works out perfectly. They also kill a tree. They make enough money well, to save yeah. one tree, and then they kill a tree. So perfect balance. Well, they recycled they, they recycled enough paper to save a tree, so one tree would not have to be cut down for all the paper that they recycled. And which, then they killed. And thankfully, I think that what that really teaches us is that recycling is uh, basically foolhardy for uh, a, a person because uh, any one business is going to basically destroy all the progress you've made. Right, Matt? Yep, that's the way it works. That's why recycling is. Uh, the worst thing you could possibly do, and there's not even it's not even worth the effort because the planet's going to burn down in the end, right? It's true. Uh, the, the planet will become a heaping on fire mess. I would use more colorful terms. We're a PG podcast. I just I read articles this week about how we're going to all die, and it made me sad. Well, no, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> you should recycle. I'm not saying don't recycle. You should definitely recycle. It helps. You should definitely recycle. It helps. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. We should make our big make big companies recycle too. That's I think my general message actually. I like that idea. Yeah, with I, I, I'm sure me, the man who has a few podcasts, can definitely make that happen. I have the political sway. Yep. Yes. If every podcaster out there just bugged the piss out of every uh, large company, they could totally recycle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Burns has lost all his money because his plans were bad. I see it all now. You're just a bunch of yes-men. I was making the wrong moves, and you were too gutless to tell me. Isn't that right? Yes. Oh, yes, yes sir. Right answer. Then I'll fix this myself. Smithers, take out another mortgage on the plant. Well, the bank has already foreclosed on the plant. And your house, sir. But what will I do? Well, the first thing you'll have to do is move out of the bank's house. I'll help you pack. And I'm sure a pro wrestler such as yourself will appreciate all the closet space, Hitman. Ooh, this place has got old man stink. Ooh. Don't listen to him, sir. You've got an enchanting musk. 
Which, to be fair, old people stink is the thing. Uh, even my house uh, smells like it sometimes when I've been working hard. But the key to get rid of an old person or just, you know, sort of B.O. funk, chocolate chip cookies, toss them in the oven, cook them up, eat them, your house will smell great. Is that solution to everything? It is. Chocolate cookies chip cookies? solve every problem. Yep. Getting murdered, chocolate chip cookies. Right? Yep. Right. That's, uh, cool. I mean, I had to. Uh, okay, let's just say every smell uh, base. Uh, smell problem. related problems? Okay, got it. Uh, exactly. I had to include Bret Hart, even though I don't. We talked. We, we've already touched on uh, a lot about Bret Hart more than I thought we would, but I don't think his guest is. I don't. He's really the only notable wrestler to ever guest star on The Simpsons, and that's sad. He doesn't. It doesn't sound like him, really. Like the, he, I feels like he was coached to be like, we want you to sound more like a, a wrestler. But that Bret Hart was never, he didn't ever sound quite like this when he was doing promos. He was always, he even when he was yelling, it didn't sound quite as gruff as this. It didn't sound like, it felt like he was, they were coaching him to sound more like Hulk Hogan. And I don't, that was never his appeal in his promos. His, it, Bret Hart was never great at promos to begin with, but uh, I think at, at, the point, at this point in time, he was a heel and he hated America. So this didn't even make less sense, really. Oh. I know, crazy. <laughs> I'm not from here. I've got my own <laughs> customs. Yeah. Look at my crazy passport. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, uh, well, but I include it anyway because it is Bret Hart in this wrestling. I had to. Uh, but Burns leaves his house, and he's now living with Smithers. As we go to commercial, uh, I really this is this like we've seen before much earlier in the show. Brush with greatness show us how to make it. Kind of set a template of how we do we make uh, Burns who is by all means a bad person who is is evil how do we make him vulnerable how do we show how do we make people feel sympathy for burns and how how do you do that for someone who is bad who does awful things tries to kills puppies or steals puppies and kills you take away everything you can yeah, from them yeah exactly one in brush of the greatness what they did was highlight his physical weakness like how fragile a man he is and in this they take away the the source of his power and that's his money, his wealth. Like he doesn't have anything anymore, and it, the and it, and they really they they really sell it by making it all a surprise, by making it just the rug pulled out from under him. Now suddenly he is, he's always been physically weak, but now the only power he's ever had over other men, in that he is rich, is gone. Now he's bankrupt. He is nothing. Well, he also has his uh, stick to itiveness, <laughs> as Skinner would call it. Which is what's going to get him out of this jam. Sure. Sure it is. Well, when we come back from commercial, uh, we see the Simpson family at their kitchen table eating some sort of meal, I assume dinner. Uh, Homer has neglected to mention the fact that Mr. Burns lost all of his money. So Marge has to find it out in the paper or uh, TV. I can't remember how she finds out. She finds out that Mr. Burns lost his money. Uh, It turns out Homer has told him about finding a candy bar all day long instead, which is obviously more important news, Marge. Come on now. Uh, Lisa, I would course, say it depends on the kind of candy bar. That's a good point. If you found like a Zagnut bar, not going to bother with it. But if you found like a Snickers or, you know, a, uh, it's a good candy bar. Matt, mm. Canada has a lot of weird candy bars. Really? Ones of ne- that don't exist in the U.S. and vice versa. Ooh, you'll have to bring some with you. I need new candy bars in my life. I don't. I mean, we have like nine different types of Snickers now, but I still need more. I. I don't like most of them. Oh, that's sad. Do they have some weird ingredient you don't enjoy? Yeah, I mean, 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know about weird ingredients. Just I don't. I they're just not mine. I think that's really the problem. It's just I haven't. I didn't mm. grow up with them. I think most of my enjoyment for candy bars now is just like I like this when I was a fat, a- fat twelve year old. I need more of that in my life, and now I it's different. <laughs> we all need to get in touch with our fat twelve year old inner selves. Mm-hmm. Now, well, the problem is the fat twelve year old overtook the skinny adult. That's not. Yeah. That's not acceptable. Well, you'll have to move back to where you were when you were a fat 12-year-old and realize this isn't so great, and then you can become the skinny adult again. That's how that works, right? I think it actually works is by eating less food and exercising, which is another problem I have. Oh, God. I, That's I, awful. I don't want to do those things. The cure is worse than the disease. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Anyway, uh, Lisa, who is reluctant to laugh at anyone's misfortune, laughs at Mr. Burns uh, because of his reluctance to recycle among his many, many other sins. Uh, luckily for Homer, he still has his job. They're not going to shut down the plant because one, they need electricity, and two, it still makes money. So the bank put Lenny in charge, and Lenny's only contribution is to tell people to work harder. So, and now uh, Burns has moved in with Smithers because that's the only place he has to go. Really, uh, Smithers has to go to work because he still has his job helping out Lenny, uh, and apparently Lenny's really tough on tardiness, which good policy, Lenny, good policy. Burns wants to help out around the house, uh, but he attempts to put dishes in the sink with some kind of uh, what would you call that, Robbie? It's a utensil. It's a. I thought it was like a fireplace thing. It might be a fireplace, uh, you know, a log turner or some sort. I that's what I thought it was. Way. I don't think that's an. I mean, if that's like an actual kitchen implement, that's that seems like a thing that, like, if you were cooking near a fire, you would use to move pots around to me it looks like blacksmithing tongs that's another off yes it, that is it, it, they looked a little not beaten up enough to be blacksmithing tongs and i don't yeah. think they would i don't see why smithers would have blacksmith tongs in his house but smithers is a weird guy he has all kinds of weird stuff maybe Check behind his, his walls he, you saw his computer boot up sequence i know but maybe he goes camping and he needs something to turn stuff near the fire that's my guess maybe, guess. maybe. smithers and out smithers is an outdoorsman we see him uh, outside. That's true. Smithers is, is good at pretty much everything, as we'll find out as the show goes on. Why he has these, we don't know, but Burns tries to use them for some reason to put dishes in the sink. It's... He manages to break both dishes. I mean, that's the thing. Like, all of this is so sad. It really is. Like, I, I don't ever generally empathize with Burns, but watching him just try and feebly fend for himself, it, it you know, it is a callback to Homer the Smithers in a certain way. Where Burns wants to try and learn to do like, and, but in that he succeeds. He actually manages to to live by himself. In this, he's you know feebly trying to help, and it's just pathetic. It's sad. Yeah, Mister Burns looks sad. He fails at helping with the dishes, so Smithers just tells him to stay there and try to keep his dignity, which he fails at because immediately uh, he decides to go to the food jobber, aka the grocery store. And it does not go well for him because he is completely disconnected from real life. Grocery store, please. I am riding on the bus. Hi, aren't you that guy everybody hates? Oh my, no. I'm Monty Burns. I'm shopping. Oh my. I wonder which is the cereal for me. Uh, oh, excuse me. Could you tell me where I might find the Burns ooze? Sorry, Pops. They don't put nobodies on cereal boxes. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose this one looks a bit like me. 
Oh, thank you, Shappy. I had ventured in to search for milk when the door snapped shut behind me. Yeah, those dairy cases are death traps. Ketchup, 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 ketchup. I'm in way over my head. He's uh, talking to the ketchup now. Burns is sure acting nutty. Maybe going broke and losing his plants destroyed his brain. Could you come along with us, sir? Are you here to solve my ketchup problem? Yes, that's right. Where are you taking me? What's happening? Relax. You've gone off your nut, so we're stuffing you into an old folks home. Those uh, store guys signed the commitment papers. But I'm shopping. Yes, but he's... <laughs> what happens when you're old, you go out to buy some stuff from the grocery store and you end up in an old folks home because apparently <laughs> anyone can just toss you in there. I mean, there are... In Florida, in particular, Baker Act, you can commit people. Yeah. I think you have to be a police or think the risk. You have to be a little bit higher in the food chain than a grocery store clerk, but you know, it's Springfield. Not um, much. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's Springfield. They're, I, this scene is amazing. I think most people love it. Uh, the ketchup and cats up the count chocula that looks <laughs> like Mr. Burns. <laughs> it's just, you know, he's, he, he's so alienated from normal human experience. This scene works because it, like, when, to you and me, like, we go to the grocery store, we're bombarded by all these different brands of all, what is effectively the same thing? Like, the difference between a couple of different sugary cereals is basically nothing. Like, we have brand allegiances, but the things that are going in our body aren't that different. No, no, they all taste basically the same. Yeah, ketchup and catsup. I don't think there's an actual difference between the two. Just the titles. No, it's just a different way of spelling it. Yeah. Um. But so, but it's old hat to us. You know, we're used to it. We're we've become desensitized to the 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 onslaught, the deluge of advertising and branding and marketing that is that motion, grocery stores are basically full of uh, that are hitting us from every angle. Burns isn't. He's this is all new to him. He doesn't go to the grocery store. He doesn't shop for himself. Smithers does it for him. Uh, so when he goes there and he goes, I, well, I need the cereal that looks like me and I ketchup and catsup. What, why does this exist? Why are these two things? <laughs> and it's just, it, it, it illustrates both how crazy, like crazy his life is in general, like compared to normal persons that he doesn't, he's not exposed to anything that we consider normal. And it exposes uh, the utter ridiculousness of the food industry. <laughs> Of the, of the true, uh, and I, I feel like part of this is lambasting uh, is based on the George H. W. Bush when he went to a grocery store uh, after you know however many decades of not buying his own groceries and saw a grocery scanner or a UPC scanner and apparently uh, was impressed by that and that just sent the press at the time into all kinds of a Disney of, oh, he's so out of touch. He doesn't know how groceries are scanned. It's like, yeah, he's rich. He hasn't had to buy it. It's like all these famous politicians who are like, oh, uh, you know, I don't really do email. It's like, of course you don't do email. You have people to do it for you. That, so that is, uh, a, I can see how that's, that, that was a, a false rumor Matt, that never happened. <gasps> a false rumor. Really? But it was based on that. Uh, the, the, yeah. the Bush thing never happened, but this certainly was based on it. Apparently Burns was planning to meet Bush in the grocery store originally. <laughs> and that never happened. But well, it, we know George Bush does, or HW Bush does spend time in Springfield. He does. He, he spent a lot of time there. Uh, but 
I'm team ca- I'm team ketchup. By the way, just make that clear. Who in the world would be team catsup? I don't understand that. Like, that that's an archaic spelling that hasn't like actually existed on shelves in forever. Uh, you can still buy catsup. Really? Probably. I think you can. All right, I'm going to the grocery store as soon as we're done and see if there's still catsup on the shelf because that's a weird spelling. Okay. It's wrong. All right. I'm not. I'm told you. I'm team ketchup. I'm just saying. I think you can still get catsup if you really look hard for it. Fair enough. Either way. Uh, Mr. Burns at this point is committed uh, to the retirement castle uh, where he basically gets uh, the tour uh, from Abe. That's the activity room. We're not allowed in there. That's the library. Not allowed in there either. Don't even think about going in the game room. He good man. How are we supposed to pass the time? Best bet is to stake yourself out a good spot at the staring window. Yep, that's what people did before the internet. They just stared out their front porches. Uh, so, you know, obviously the, the old folks in the Springfield Retirement Castle do the same thing, because that's that's what you do. So, I mean, yes, poor Mr. Burns. I mean, it, it's like television. It's like just one channel. Yeah, it's the cat channel. <laughs> oh, I need, 85 channels and nothing on but cats. I need I need to go watch the cat channel. Reminded me. Yeah, isn't uh, isn't your uh, podcasting room the cat channel? How many cats do you have within eye shot or uh, you know line of sight right now? Only one now. Oh, two fled. <laughs> they fled. That's a good way of describing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also uh, apparently get to dance feebly to my achy breaky heart, which oof. Uh... I have I have a I have a, a old person related achy breaky heart story, Matt. Oh really? This will be good. Yes, because I uh, I was in uh, orchestra as a, a a student as a middle school and high school student, and we our orchestra performed at a talent show for an, at an old folks home, uh, and an old man performed dressed in I would say in his in in his seventies at least maybe in his eighties he was dressed in full cowboy gear cowboy boots tight jeans big belt buckle western shirt cowboy hat and he sang achy breaky heart in the mid 90s right about this time honestly and uh it wow was, he wasn't bad i would you know i don't i didn't my frame of reference at the time wasn't too wide but he was he was okay it was interesting fair enough just that thing every time i hear that a, song it was still a fun song every time i hear that song that's what i hear i, I remember that old man singing achy breaky heart at a in a talent show did he win said talent show no i don't i'm not I think it was a talent show. It might just have been like, "Hey, let's get some kids to play for the. Let's just get some kids to play for these old people." There, it wasn't great. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm it, glad you shared yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Free one for you from me to you. Oh, you're yeah, so sweet. I know. I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, however, uh, Lisa pops into the retirement castle to ask the. Uh, ask grandpa about anything that she could possibly recycle and burns hearing her decides that she's exactly what he needs the blood you the troublemaking girl my name is lisa mr burns lisa simpson it doesn't matter what your name is you idiot what i want to know is will you help me get my money back ha i'd never help you you're the worst man in the world yes that's the kind of moxie i'm looking for you're hired no i'm not sir i'm so sorry my grocer committed you well, never shop there again. Not now, Smithers. I've got an empire to rebuild. And the person who's going to help me is that girl. So at this point, uh, I think Rob would be disappointed that I did not include the that girl segment, uh, which is that I'm assuming that's an homage to something. <laughs> what? 
Why is that so funny? It's literally, it was a show called That Girl, Matt. Really? I've never heard of said show. It was in the late 60s. Oh, okay. Marlo Marlo Thomas as That Girl. That's so descriptive. It must have been a wonderful show. She was a, a girl. She was trying to make it in the big city, New York City, as an actress. So it was a crappier version of Mary Tyler Moore. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> well, The Simpsons do a wonderful homage with Mr. Burns following Lisa around, what I assume is the theme song to that girl, and Lisa continually saying no because, of course, Mr. Burns is evil. She's going to say no. Right. Uh, eventually, Mr. Burns shows up at the Simpson home, uh, proceeds to completely not remember Homer at all. He remembers, uh, he remembers he remember Maggie, Maggie, though. though. <laughs> yeah. She, she gives him a little finger gun. I like that a lot. That's good. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's one of the best. Oh, oh yes, the baby that tried to shoot me. Oh, no. Uh, Lisa finally breaks down and agrees to help Burns, as long as it's nothing evil, which he finds a, a relativistic uh you know or sorry a revelation so i was trying to say uh nothing evil that's the kind of uh you know exact opposite thinking that uh he needs what does he call it radical thinking that's kind of radical thinking because apparently in business you have to be evil you can't make money doing good things no you you absolutely can't Uh, looking back it's really bad like it's crazy that google their slogan for forever was don't be evil yeah like looking back, that seems exactly what like a crazy supervillain would choose as a company slogan. Well, I don't think Google is a crazy supervillain. That, that's what Doctor Doom would choose. Like if Doctor Doom had a giant company, some conglomerate, and he's like, "Okay, what is the slogan that I should choose that will uh, confuse everyone? They'll think that I'm definitely not evil. Don't well, be the evil." Is you pick the. Ex- you picked the exact wrong supervillain. Doctor Doom was never shy about what he is. He would be like, "Think evil differently, or evil differently." That's what Doctor Doom's company would say. But if you were trying to hide it, say, so Doctor Doom is Apple, is what you're saying. I mean, I assume in the Marvel universe, it's either Tony Stark or Doctor Doom. I assume they would be the the two co- the two companies going at each other. It feels like Apple it feels like Tony Stark is more of an Android guy myself. You know, you'd think so, but, you know, his cultural personality and his uh, disdain for sharing his technology with anyone, including the government, makes me seem makes him seem very apple I know, but you look at his look at his Gothian. suit. No rounded rectangles. That's true. At least in, in most versions of his suit. I'm sure there's one where he, but, it's got rounded you, rectangles. The thing now is, Matt, Dr. Doom is Iron Man. Oh, oh no! my God. Oh, crazy. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Homer chastises Bart for not making, you know, giant business deals, to which Bart responds, I'll do it this afternoon. No, that's not how he says it, Matt. I'll do it this afternoon. There you go. You got it. That's much better. I I approve. I I just I I thought back and I I identified with myself when I was, you know, 10 years old. (laughs) That's that's identify with myself today. Mm. I'll do it this afternoon, self. Exactly. Go make your food. Uh, but for, go point, get food, Robbie. I'll do it this afternoon, Robbie. Obviously, that means you weren't hungry enough. Yeah, that's probably it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, we go to commercial. <gasps> and when we come back, uh, Burns helps to recycle because he's uh, he's good now, right, Matt? Yes, he's he's a good man doing good things. Yeah. Uh, Lisa teaches him about how you can collect cans and and uh, turn them in for five cents. Each uh, a nickel, which Burns has no understanding of how much a nickel is worth and how much it buys. Um, but 
he slowly makes his money back. And this is, there's not a lot of clips here because it's mostly visuals, but he, uh, you know, he collects cans and then he, he, he's, I think, you know, effectively he applies good business practices to recycling, right? So he collects cans and then makes himself more efficient at collecting cans and then eventually organizes all the old folks at, uh, the, uh, the retirement castle to help him organize and collect more cans. Um, despite him what making what seems like an honest effort, I, I, I think Lisa praises it as an honest effort. Uh, both the news and the rest of the family think uh, it's funny that he is now basically a bum. And from our It's Funny When It Happens to Them file, remember millionaire C. Montgomery Burns, the man who blocked out our son, ran over a local boy, and stole Christmas from 1981 to 1985? Well, guess who's flat broke and picking up trash for a living? Please be Flanders, please be Flanders, please be Flanders. Excuse me, Mr. Burns, now that you're completely ruined, how do you feel? Excellent. I'm on my way back to the top. I've turned these cans into can-do. Well, you smell terrible. Good luck to you, sir. Wow, he went from stinking rich to just plain stinking. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Mom. Oh, you're so bad, honey. You guys shouldn't laugh at him. Mr. Burns has changed. He's different now. Yeah, he's broke. (laughs) (laughs) Two in a row. (laughs) The schadenfreude is strong with Marge. I mean, I can't blame her. I think that's... I, I think this episode, it, it does a good job at building up us wanting to empathize with Burns because of everyone picking on him. You know, he is as low as he's ever been, and he seems like he is making an honest effort. You know, he's he's helping, like, he he agrees to Lisa, no, no, don't do evil. Uh, I'll, she, he starts recycling, he is collecting cans, and that's, those are all good, honest efforts to to build himself back up through honest means. And then everyone's picking on him, and he's... And it feels very much like you, you know, I don't know. I empathize with Lisa in this case where she is like, no, he's trying. We should try and help him in this case. We should try and root for him, cheer for him, help him make himself like, sure, build himself back up, but in good, honest ways. And there and then maybe if he ever manages to have that wealth again, he is going to be a good, you know, try and do good with that money instead of just be unadulterated evil as he has been for most of the Simpsons. That's true. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Maybe not always, but in this case, I feel like the Simpsons are being mean for no particular reason. Uh, But, you know, it's Mr. Burns, so no one is too upset about it. Well, I mean, I think that they are doing the putting the work in to make this the basically the the reveal at the end mean something. You know, like it, 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 it's doing the the homework to make the laying the foundation for like, no, Burns is making an honest effort. He's going to improve himself. He's not going to be evil anymore. And now all these people are picking on him. And like, it's, it's, you know, it's laying on these layers that we're like, we really want Burns to be good. We want him to be a good person. Uh, we see him at the retirement castle uh, and Lisa gives him a little lesson about uh, proper motive, proper motivation. Come on, let's pick up the pace, you neglected old nincompoops. Mr. Burns, if you want people to do a good job, you can't bully them. You have to show them they're appreciated. Ooh, capital idea, partner. People, if we meet this week's quota, I'll take you to the most duck-filled pond you ever sat by. Oh, hot diggity, that's how they got me to vote for Lyndon LaRue. So... I, uh, that, I'm sure that was a, a, a big contributor to Linda LaRouche's success. Yes, Grandpa. Abe Simpson. Very important. Uh, I mean, th- this is another step. It's just showing Lisa as her empathy and, and 
you know, it reminds me of basically Hank Scorpio in a way, in that it's teaching us the same thing. It's like Hank Scorpio was like a James Bond villain and was killing people and taking over parts of the world. Those are all bad things, but he was good at like being nice to other people. You know, he was, and that's basically what Lisa is turning Burns into in this case. He's like, she's yeah, as long as you're not his enemy, they're okay with it. Yeah. And, and he, she's like giving him good, like, no, this is how you properly motivate people. And this is how you should be nice to people. You should be evil. You should help recycle and all these things. And Burns, because of the way he is, he doesn't understand. He can't understand the word those words don't mean the same things to him and this is after this is basically the rest of the episode is the reveal uh of some of the most horrific things i've ever seen on the simpsons honestly it's really oh come uh, on now it's not that bad okay so okay so burns uh reveals to lisa that he has built a recycling plant has her picture her portrait huge front and center on the front of the uh, of the factory uh, Mo comments that it makes little Debbie look like a pile of puke. <laughs> so cute. So cute. Um, Lisa gets a tour of the plant, uh, sees it's made out of recycled liquor bottles, which Barney is licking. We get, you know, and, and, and at first glance, it looks fine. It looks like a recycling plant. It looks as bottles and cans going through like conveyor belts and it looks okay. But then she learns that Burns can't help but be evil. I figured if one six-pack holder will catch one fish, a million sewn together will catch a million fish. Watch. What's going on? <laughs> I call it the Burns Omni-Net. It sweeps the sea clean. Oh, dear God. I call our product... Little Lisa's patented animal slurry. It's a high-protein feed for farm animals, insulation for low-income housing, a powerful explosive, and a top-notch engine coolant. And best of all, it's made from 100% recycled animals. Mm, I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, a spoonful of slurry will cure what ails you. Oh, you haven't changed at all. You're still evil, and when you're trying to be good, you're even more evil. I don't understand. Pigs need food. Engines need coolant. Dynamiters need dynamite. I'm supplying it to them at a tidy profit. And not a single sea creature was wasted. You inspired it all, little Lisa. It's really staggering. Well, to be fair, a couple of things. Oh, One, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm not going <laughs> to... This is something else. Uh... Burns is like a computer that's programmed one way and someone just like deletes all the history and says, all right, you're going to go in this direction. But, you know, Burns has no idea what he did wrong in the first place. Why, you know, it is he lost his money and everything. So he just is like, oh, well, I was told to recycle things. And this is like recycling. I'm, I'm, you know, taking the things that no one else wants, a.k.a. the creatures in the sea and turning them into something useful. And if it was actually this easy to catch fish, People would be doing this like this. Well, this would totally work. The only problem with this is that it catches everything and not one specific type of fish. So, well, Lisa, little Lisa's patented animal story. One is Omnigel from Mass Effect. That is what Omnigel is. Oh, yeah, that's is. true. That's what Omnigel is. It does this everything. Uh, yep. I can't. Is there really something else in the show that is horrific as this? That is like utterly like kind of horrifying. Hmm, I can't um, think of anything. Not that's not in a 
Trials of Horror episode. I don't care. I don't, yeah, like I don't count the. You obviously you can't count Trials of Horrors. Right. I can't yeah, think of anything. Yeah, I don't think so. That's 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 pretty bad. They're killing a lot of animals. Yes, for, and, uh, and and like there's coolant and explosive. I, those, <laughs> those things don't mix. And I I mean, it's it makes perfect sense. None of this is none of this is is nonsense. All of it is perfect for Burns' character. Uh, and you're right. I think that he doesn't he can't understand. It's not that he doesn't. It's that he can't. He is old. He's set in his ways. And he doesn't understand what evil is. He doesn't understand, like, it's just impossible for you. You couldn't explain to him why this was wrong. He is such a staunch capitalist that it doesn't, well, yeah, people need all these things and I'm giving to them. Why? There's supply and I'm, there's a demand and I'm providing the supply. Why is, that's all good, right? What's wrong with that? I'm not wasting well, anything. The problem, Mr. Burns, is externalities. Things that aren't priced into your uh, cost for the slurry, which is <laughs> oh, the problem with a it, lot of businesses. Oh, they don't have like moral cost uh, applied to just uh... not even not even moral cost, but like things that have a cost that will, you know, hit us further down the line and affect everyone like, "Oh, you're reducing the biodiversity of the seeds. Good luck people who want to eat fish in 50 years. They're just screwed." Oh, you want to release a whole bunch of CO2? Ah, well, no one wants to live on a planet that we can actually go outdoors on. Once you price those things, it, it might not be as much of a profit maker as Burns thinks. So you're saying the profit model is the problem? No, I'm saying what you have to uh, make sure that companies uh, calculate all their costs, not just the obvious short-term ones. <laughs> I, I know, Matt. I'm just... I know. I'm just. I just want to make sure the point is clear. I got it. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. I love this scene. Lisa, right at this point, Lisa goes running through the town. uh, Clear uh, reference to invasion of the body snatchers, where everyone is now recycling, and she's like, "No, don't recycle." Which uh, that's not Lisa. Is still not the problem. The the problem is all those dead animals, all those dead sea creatures that we shouldn't be killing, uh, for making engine coolant or, or anything else. Um. I don't know. This just it perfectly exemplifies Lisa's character and Burns' character. It it really it there's very few episodes that manage to intertwine two characters in uh a in the plot like this. Like there's a lot of episodes where it's a you know, two character episode. There's plenty of them. Mostly them in involving the family with each other, intermingling in different ways. But very rarely are both the characters learning something? It's usually sure. it's usually one character that is basically the, the the student, and the other is the teacher. And you know they reverse that and, and change it in in a lot of ways over the years with the kids teaching parents, parents teaching kids, and everyone interacting with a lot of outside characters. But very rarely is it both characters like like a plot really showing us deeply about both characters as equally it work working both ways i feel like lisa a lot of the times in her episodes they have you know she is you know pushing some um cause you know vegetarianism mm-hmm. or or yeah whatever it is varying sometimes it's just simple as like homer versus the members like don't steal stuff uh things like that <laughs> um but it it, it, when it blows back at her in, I think, uh, in Lisa the Vegetarian, I think it, the one is off the top of my head is like, it is more mm-hmm. about, hey, learn to be more accepting of people. Let people have flaws. And you sometimes you might be right 
technically, but by pushing your cause so hard, you're actually alienating people and making it harder on yourself. And you can't expect that level uh, of commitment from people. You just can't. And you're not going to, it's not going to be effective either way. In this case, she's, it's, it, 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 by pushing this cause, it's not that she needs to be patient with people. It's that some people are just incompatible with your worldview. Yeah, that's true. And they, the, all you can do is try and minimize their influence. <laughs> and in Burns' case, it's very much like, I I really appreciate that they go to such lengths to make us like do that fake out of, no, he might be actually be changing. And then, no, he's not changing. He can't. Yeah. Why would you think that he could change? He's this... He's a, the the oldest man in Springfield. He might, God knows how old Mr. Burns actually is. We, it, you know, the number varies. But he's yeah. he's a monster. Why would you think he's just gonna have a change of heart? Of course he's not. He's gonna just be terrible in a different way. And I I don't know. I find that really, I, despite the fact that Little Lisa's animal slurry is terrible. But I think I mean they designed it that way. It yeah is really kind of. I really find it actually quite wonderful, Mr. Burns' reveal of this and him, like, with a, a nice smile on his face and ex- waiting for Lisa to be proud of him. Like, that's the thing I think I like the most is that he's, like, looking at Lisa, he's, like, he, he's happy to be revealing this to her. He's, like, this is, a, like, a surprise. He thinks she's going to like it. And he is actually, like, let down, disappointed when she does it. When he, and she's, like, well, what, what do you mean? I did exactly what you said. What what am I supposed to do? And that it's just a a a a fun a fun trick they play, I guess. Well, it's Mr. Burns. It's you're basically making complete and utter fun of him, and it, because he just that's the way he was. He 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 can't grow that much. He he can take a slight detour, but you know you would have to do some heavy heavy social work with him to get him anywhere better than that. Yeah. Uh. So Lisa goes tries to stop you from recycling, but it's too late. It's too late. Um. Uh, but she is commiserating with her family uh, when Burns shows up uh, to give her something. And uh, this is a little bit of a long clip, but I wanted to include everything. Ugh, I can't get the smell of slurry out of my clothes. Uh, a fool to help that horrible old man. Oh, I hope you learned your lesson, Lisa. Never help anyone. Simpson, what are you doing here? Why aren't you at work? I made a bad mistake, and Lenny sent me home to think about what I did. But I don't remember what it was, so I'm watching TV. Well, Lenny's reign of terror is over. Mr. Burns bought the plant back this morning. And Enough chit-chat. I need to see Lisa. I don't want to talk to you, Mr. Burns. Oh, I think you will. You see, I've just sold the Lil' Lisa recycling plant for $120 million. Congratulations. Oh, don't congratulate me. Congratulate Bay State Fish Sticks. As my advisor, you're entitled to 10% of the proceeds. <gasps> Please, have I told you lately that I love you? Wow, I've never seen so much money. Oh, but I can't accept that. Knowing where it came from? Can I, Mom? Lisa, you do whatever your conscience tells you. You did the right thing, sweetheart. Mm. <laughs> well, that's the first case I've ever seen of a man suffering four simultaneous heart attacks. I'm sorry, Dad. It's all right. I understand. But we really could have used that $12,000. Um, Dad, 10% of $120 million isn't 12000 <laughs> It's... Cold blue. Cold blue. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that idea of Homer having four simultaneous heart attacks. It's just, I that is, it's just amazing. The 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 weary Homer, we could have really used that twelve thousand uh, dollars. It's just, it's just so good. Uh, I have a question for you, Matt. Okay, this is in the this was a point of contention in the news group. Uh, for for that week Ooh. is. What is it in Lisa's character? Was her turning down the money the right thing? Was is that what she should have done? Hmm, that's actually a good question because it sucks that that's the way she earned the money. But she could have taken that money rather than letting letting it stay with Mister Burns and done something good with it. And that's what I would probably say would have been the better option because now he's just going to take it and do something. He's going to hold on to it and not use it for anything good, or he's going to do something even more terrible with it. So. Any way you can take Mr. Burns' money seems like a good idea. Yeah, I think, well, what I agree that it's in Lisa's character to rip up the check. I don't disagree that, I, th- I think that that is perfectly in line with her character. And I think it's even more in line with her character because she looks, she goes, to, she looks at Marge. She goes, is, what should I, like, she looks to Marge and asks her, what should I do? You know, she looks for guidance. And I think that's a fundamentally, like, a, a smart, a thing that, like, she is smart, she's empathetic. And when she's doubtful, she goes to other people for help. She asks. And Marge is like, do what your conscience tells you to do. And she rips it up. And I think that is, I think that's totally in line with Lisa's character. I don't necessarily think that's the best thing to do. I, myself, yeah, you, it's effectively just giving him $12 million. Right. That's You're basically just taking that check and handing it back to him. And I think if it was like a an ongoing system of being basically Where she was constantly it, earning the money yeah that i think would, would you would but he sold the he sold it it's gone it's a fish stick plant now uh it's a one-time deal she gets the money then she can do whatever she wants with it probably something good and helpful to mm-hmm. humanity help recycling or help uh some uh you know animals cause or something like that so probably should have just taken the money uh but I understand either way. Like, I feel like that's a dilemma that really works. And Homer, Homer's reaction to it is amazing. So the, that I like, again, they always do such a good job at balancing like those emotional beats at the end of episodes. They very rarely actually end on emotional beats. They all often like here, let's move it aside just a little bit end with a big laugh. You know, it always provides that really subtle, great balance that doesn't make it ever feel too like cheesy it doesn't it never like simpsons when they do end an emotional beat like a heavy one it always lands and makes it feel really important uh and like they save it for generally for really impactful moments you know and most of the time they do this where they have here's a big heavy emotional beat and then a big laugh and you end the episode with a big laugh and i think that it's a tried and true formula that they always go back to and it always works Indeed. I don't know. I love this episode. I love it. It's one of my favorites. I don't know if I call it one of my favorites, but I really enjoy it. It says something very interesting about Lisa's character, about Mr. Burns, and it has enough laughs to, you know, keep you heavily entertained. I mean, it has ketchup cats up, Matt. Uh, it's not that funny. Oh, man. You you and I, just there's just a fundamental difference where... Apparently, we, where, where I do not find ketchup cats up funny. Something wrong with, as, as funny as you do. I don't. I, it's just so the most absurd. 
just the most absurd joke of, of that's the thing Burns picks up and is yeah. doesn't know what to buy. It's just it's just lovely. I love the episode. Uh, we will rank it at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. I scoured email, could not find any. Uh, if you not do have, it's a good episode, but it's not like I, I wouldn't put anywhere near my favorites. Top five for me? Really? Wow. All I, right. I think so. I think it's top five. It's certainly top ten. If not, if not top five. Uh, but if you have a favorite episode, send it in simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. Explaining why a certain episode is your favorite, and when we get to it, I'll read it on air. Uh, next up, Matthew. Yes. It's time for the comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the news group is where I'll comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people were talking about a week or two after an episode debuted. Um, grades for this were, I don't know, average. I mean, like, there's A's, B's, and C's. If I don't know. They were, there are, you know, it was like a lot of, it basically averaged out to a B, but it, it's, I think we've hit a lot of episodes in a row that have done this that are just like, some people really like it. Some people are, think it's okay. And then some people are like, eh, eh. but even the people who graded C's were often, were also like, I don't like this at all. C. Like, yeah, it's like, well, if you, if you don't like that at all, it shouldn't be an F. I'm, yeah, like, I don't, I, again, I don't know. But there was a lot of debate about Ke- Lisa keeping the money. Uh, and actually, pretty well-reasoned debate. I actually, it was really good. Uh, interesting to read. Well, I, I feel like the news group has always had strong, logical underpinnings for most of their members. Uh, they just often let their emotions run away with them. Yeah, and I think, like, and there was arguments back and forth about people like, yeah, well, you sh- she should have kept the money. She could have spent it on something good and charitable. Uh, and then other people were like, well, yeah, but then you were you're taking uh, some monstrous money and you, you have to, at some point, you have to question, you know, that especially as an eight-year-old girl, like what it means. And I think it might be a little too heavy a question for an eight-year-old girl to have to answer. I think that's the simplest answer is probably the best one. That's just tear up the check, which I think is what, you know, I think that, that that's the the right thing for one. It, you can't give the Simpsons $12 million. Um, it becomes the last season of Roseanne, which was very bad. Yeah. We, we don't talk about that season. Yeah. It's really, it was very bad. Um, but not much else on the news group. I really, I try and find stuff, but it's always a lot of it's always the same. It's very lots of and lately lots of people just trolling, which I got enough. Yeah. There's enough of that on the regular Internet, not 1997 Internet. So I try to avoid it. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. The listener question of the week this week. Is what is the worst thing Bart has ever done? Lots of really good answers. Uh, I appreciate all the responses. Appreciate everyone takes the time. Uh, first from Jeff. My sister, my sitter, he makes Lisa's life a living hell from beginning to end. It's so bad that I can't go back to the episode. It just pisses me off so much. Pisses me off too much to sit through. And uh, several people agreeing. And it is a, it's a problem I have with that episode myself. I think we touched on that when we did it. Um, from Justin, showing the cool kids Lisa's yearbook. Summer 4 for 2. Uh, the premeditation, the intent. It's all so cruel. Uh, from Holly, when he burned Lisa's Thanksgiving centerpiece. Then when she asks for an apology, he says, why should I? What a jerk. Thankfully, he wins me back many times over. Uh, from Rob, trying to shoplift Bonestorm. That's the one act that made Marge give up. Other stuff he has done been have been pranks that go too far. This is a real criminal act and hurt Marge the most. Uh, Franklin, his April Fool's prank on Homer put him in a coma for seven weeks and made him lose 5% of his brain. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from Alex, uh, using Sam's little helper name for a fake credit card and then letting the repo men take him away when they came for all his unpaid for possessions. Yeah, that's pretty, like we said, it was sad. 
Uh, Kyle Bart the lover when Bart writes a love letter to Edna as Woodrow and then doesn't show up for their di- for their date. And then he, as an addendum, he posted a picture of sad Edna and said, "Look at her face." Mm-hmm. I was well, yeah, she looks really sad. Uh, Anna, uh, when he wants to open his presents early Christmas and burns the tree down, and then tries to hide in the snow. Homer's reaction kills me. Uh, from Bree, uh, the way he makes Marge feel and Marge be not proud when he steals Bonestorm never failed to make me angry. Uh, David, the Genesis tub, he literally destroys an entire civilization with one finger. Uh, from Danny. That's pretty bad, to be it, fair. It is pretty bad. I mean, it was a chance of horror, but it still is Bart. Uh, Danny at Woosh Danny H. Uh, when Bart shoves Ralph in uh, the little wiggy into the mud so he can hang with the bullies, uh, breaks my heart, especially after the friendship montage. It's pretty sad. Uh, Chum at Chum Lightning. His whole night of causing Lisa's problem, Lisa problems in my sister and my sitter. Someone called for a sixterestomy? Huh. Uh, from Brandon, funny film fan, The Bartman. Hey, man. Who didn't love the Bartman? I don't understand. Okay, I wasn't gonna go far as love. That seems I have well, I have a gentle nostalgia for it. How about that? <laughs> Just like you do for Butterfingers. No, Butterfingers are great. Uh, there's no gentle anything about Butterfingers. Oh, okay, good. Uh, Francis at F Mourner. His behavior in my my sister, and my sitter, disturbing amor- amorality. Yes, actually. Uh, he is a ten-year-old boy. They kind of all are yeah. amoral. Uh, Daniel at Veggie Duck. Well, this episode ju- the episode just happened, but giving away Santa's little helper is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. Jordan at J Scott ten twenty-eight stealing. Why do you think I took you to those police academy movies for fun? Uh, <sighs> John at John Wayne fifty-one being a victim of smaller parking spaces would be infuriating. I could get over most of the other things he's done, but not this. You know when he repainted the lines. Yeah, and that's pretty bad. Small parking spaces are the worst thing on earth. Worse, worse than the hunger and war and poverty, small parking spaces. No, <sighs> you disagree? It's the worst. Okay. Uh, no, and, well, I dream of a future where no one parks anything and <laughs> that... cars drive us places and then leave. <laughs> That's hopefully soon. And then we, then we just leave the money in the, in the dash or on the table. I would imagine we just have like a card on file and they have an app and it just does it for us. No, oh, if only. That's going to be, I give it 20 years. Uh, midnight, uh, midnight, so. midnight on the third day, uh, talking emotionally, either showing Lisa's friends a yearbook or ruining Lisa's centerpiece on Thanksgiving. However, on a greater scale, convincing the whole cruise ship that there was a virus back on land to stay on holiday was bad. Ooh, that was a, I forgot about that one. That's really bad. It was. Yeah. Uh, what is your answer, Matt? Speaking of, uh, my answer, uh, is uh, probably going to be Bar versus Thanksgiving when he burns Lisa's centerpiece, not because he did that. That's a pretty bad thing to do. But then when asked to apologize, he says, why should I? It's like, dude, come on, at least show some humanity that you know what you did. Yeah, I, I thought about that. I thought about the cruise ship that is really, really bad. And like on a, the grandest scale, it affected the most people. But in the end of the day, I was really thinking about like, what's the worst thing? And I think I have to go to Summer Four Foot Two. Like, it was premeditated. Sure. It wasn't like, it, it, like a lot of these things, I, a lot of things Bart does is he, like, they, he's, they're pranks that go wrong and he doesn't understand like how bad they are. Or he does things without understanding that they are bad. This is like I, Summer Four for Two. He like understands exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's trying to do. Uh, and I think, and it's against Lisa. And I think it's like because it's in the family, it makes it so much worse. Like it's uh, like I think Marge be not proud would be like the backup for me. It's just like those things. Like that is at least a li- like a little. I I don't know. Just because it's so directed at Lisa and my sister, my sitter, like. I almost discount that because it's so over the top. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 beyond, you know, what can ever be done. Yeah. 
Um, but next week's question: What's the nicest thing Burns has ever done? Ooh, does he Burns has ever done? Yeah, Mister Burns, mm. C. Montgomery Burns. What's the nicest thing he's ever done? It's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be Let's a tough do some one. Digging. Might have to do some digging. I I trust our listeners to to get good answers. They always do. I'll post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Uh, reach out in those places, like us, follow us, subscribe, social media words. Uh, we can move on to our next segment, Matt. Are you ready? I am ready. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge each other for three, with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a wager for this season, season eight. Whoever loses must record themselves singing a Simpsons song of the winner's choosing. Matt has a, a substantial lead with not many episodes to go, but I, I'm i not mathematically eliminated yet. Yet That's true. Uh, I, I may suffer a horrific brain tumor soon, and Robbie will be able to come from behind. No, I don't think so. I don't think that will happen in the next like month. I don't think that's going to oh, okay. suddenly well. afflict you so badly. Uh, I have, I'll start, uh, give you an easy question, Matt. These are all from Dancing Homer. Ooh, old school. Ooh, hope I can remember. Season two, Dancing Homer. Uh, Homer will fill in for what mascot of the Capital City Capitals? Uh, the Capital City Goofball. <laughs> yep, that is correct. <laughs> all right, are you ready for your easy question? Sure. In See Homer Run, what safety character does Homer portray? Uh, oh. You got this. I don't know if I do. Uh, what, is, what safety reptile does Homer portray? I, 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 I don't know if I've even seen this episode, Matt. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, this will be rough <laughs> trivia for you, then. Yeah, I realize that, Matt. Uh, I think I've read about this episode. I don't think I've actually watched this one. It's the... Is he a... I mean, you gave me a reptile, but that's not there's. Let's see, there's snakes, and then there's lizards, Actually, and there's toads. Well, we'll toads sure. are amphibians. Uh, frogs are amphibians. Uh, 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 there's alligators. There's crocodiles. Oh, there's, I, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, apparently, kids. it is an amphibian, not oh, a reptile. Oh, not a reptile, eh? Uh, then it would be. Uh, is he's uh, a gecko, or a, one of those newt, something like that. I feel like that's a thing. Um, a, a a gecko is a, a lizard. Oh, okay. To, uh, uh, okay. Uh, I don't. This is not help. Not this is none of this is help. Newt. It's a newt. That's my get. That's my ass. I don't know. I've seen. I don't think I've seen this episode. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, it is actually the safety salamander. Salamander. Oh, right. Uh, and apparently, newts are a type of salamander. So no, I'm not taking that. That's I'm not taking pity okay. points. That's fine. I, okay, you're. Yes, I did not realize that salamanders were amphibians. So, you know, well, how, dare, how dare you, you monster! <laughs> uh, your medium question: Dancing Homer was the first episode directed by whom? Uh, okay, who are the most famous ones? Well, like there's a billion of them. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, I feel like there are a few that are super common. Um, well, yeah, I'm gonna say Wes Archer because I have no clue. It is the same director as this episode. It is Mark Kirkland. Oh. Who that's has, where you go, huh? Who right, has directed enough. the most episodes of The Simpsons is Mark Kirkland. All right. Fair enough. What's my meme question? I'm sure I'm going to get it right. 
And you absolutely will. Your medium question, what office does Homer run for as the safety salamander? Um, <clears throat> is this Homer's Odyssey again? No, same episode. I No, I, I understand. Oh, sorry. I understand that. I just, the safety thing. That's what Homer's gotcha. Odyssey was about. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, mayor. You are correct. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He runs for mayor as the safety salamander. I thought that was a bad answer. I'll take it. Uh, as comptroller. He was obviously running for comptroller. Okay. I, I, that was my second guess. I didn't really have what? any. I don't have any like ethos about this. Okay. Your hard question. In Dance and Homer, what baseball player comes on the Marge? What baseball player? Okay. Um. Oh, it is. Um. Oh, what's his name? Flash Thompson. <laughs> yes, it's Soldier Venom. No, well, I mean, you're half there. You're half right. Oh, man. It's not Thompson, then? Oh, it's, it's Flash uh... Baylor. Baylor. Dang it. Like, so the, close. like, the, like the college. Yeah, signs a, yeah. signs a baseball to Marge with the hotel room on it. And Homer. Flash Homer, Baylor came on to my wife. Homer's very proud. Uh, what is my final question? All right, your final question, which you'll totally get. I'm sure. What percentage was needed to win the mayor's office? Oh, God. Well, okay. It can only be 100 numbers. So it's a one in a hundred shot. Yep. Uh, seven. Sorry, it was five percent. Five percent was all that was. Oh, that was close. Okay, you were so close, Robbie. I'm so, so sorry. Close. I mean, I still got a point up on this one. That's true. You're you're coming back on me. Yep, that's it. I'm now only sixteen points down instead of seventeen. With four episodes to go, I can do it. Technically, yep, you got this. I still technically can do it. Uh, we can move on. To our final segment, segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. <sighs> okay, Matt, where would you put this one? I honestly, I really like this episode. I would probably put it pretty high, but probably not as high as you. I'm thinking, I think top 20 is a good spot for this. Top 20, eh? Okay. Um... I'm willing to be talked higher. I understand. I'm just thinking myself. I'm thinking like reasonably where where could I get it is where I'm really thinking, not really <laughs> how where I would get put it. I probably I don't know, it probably wouldn't make my top five looking at the list now. Like it mm-hmm. but it would definitely be probably be I probably I put it would put it squarely probably at I would put it at eight. Eight. Okay. So right above Homer versus the eighteenth amendment. That's where I would right put below it. Homer's phobia. That's where I would put it. Uh, mm, I, I would actually probably put it at nine uh, because, uh, like I said, this is a great episode. Uh, it you know knocks Mr. Burns down and lets him build himself up. You get a great idea of who Mr. Burns is as a character and who Lisa is as a character. But Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment. That's that's the that's special in terms of the comedy involved. I mean, it is very yeah, funny. I but I don't it, think Homer. I don't think this. Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment does much worth anything in character. Like I don't. I like. I think like it. It, <sighs> it, it... <laughs> That's what it always comes down to. Do characters. <laughs> You'll work for TNT or TBS or whatever that. Uh, I think USA is, is actually the one that has, USA. That's we the do one. characters, uh, even though their characters are bad. Uh, <laughs> I would. I, I'm not Homer versus Eighteenth Amendment is a great episode. I'm not not saying that. I think all it does is basically it's about society. They're both John Sportswater episodes, actually, that one and this one. Uh, it, it's about society. It's about um, 
and about the jokes. Mm-hmm. It's it's obviously very very funny episode Homer vs. Ate the Amendment, uh, and really does a good job at analyzing how our society works with and around alcohol. I just like as a pure structural thing as craft thing like it really impresses me how they are able to interweave lisa and burns as characters together and bounce them off of each other in a way that makes sense because they are really they're total opposites and they found a way to make it work by basically like hooking lisa with her trying to save someone how trying to redeem someone bring them back to being a good person and i think that's very interesting and something you don't like it's a it i feel like the curve of dif- the difficulty curve on this one is extraordinarily high uh although i think most of these episodes probably are at this point uh where we are in the top 10 um although i i can i can compromise and put it at 9 that's fine works for me i just want to say my piece fair enough and i agree with you but like i think i think Homer versus Daisy the moment just just barely edges out by being so funny and being a great, it's a great exploration of Homer's character, and to a lesser extent, the rest of the family. Uh, but it, it's mostly a lot of funny Homer moments. Yes. Okay. So, Old Man and Lisa is number nine on our list now. Uh, Kate Fear is still number one. Holding tight, it's got a grip on it. Number one spot. Last place is Homer's Odyssey at one sixty-four. Uh, our next episode, Matt. You know what it is. Uh, I can tell you if you wait, like, maybe, I don't know, a few seconds or so, I believe it's in Marge We Trust. This is the, this is, uh, this is, uh, no, this is the, uh, uh, Listen Lady, right? This is in Listen Lady episode. Yep. Yeah, that's what yep. it is. Yep, Listen okay. Lady. Love Joy, Mr. Sparkle, Listen Lady, uh, one I remember a lot. I love Mr. Sparkle, of course. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Um, about wrap us up, uh, you can find me online, uh, on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can follow me there. Check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour, and The Serial Fanaticist. The most recent episode was about wrestling. Talking about, speaking of wrestling, it's about a bunch of wrestling. Um, Matt will be joining me for another Harry Potter episode sooner or later. Matt does not participate in social media. Unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. That's true. However, I have decided to start importing artifacts from the Middle East. Uh, so, you know, if you want to get a message to me, just head on over there, uh, package them up, and just label them tile samples. Just call you Mr. Topical Events, Mr. Current Events, Matt there you Ham. Go. <laughs> Ho- Matt Hobby Lobby Ham is how there we're going to go. Oh, God, please don't ever repeat that. That would be me sick to my stomach just hearing that. <laughs> uh, oh, we'll do it for today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching this episode. Shh.